Welcome to Sonar's with Kevin Clark. I am Kevin Clark. Ben Solak is here because... Ben Solak does the draft, and on Slow News Day today, we have Caleb Williams, reigning Heisman Trophy winner. What's going on, Ben? What's up, Kev? Uh, not every day you get to do the, uh, do the old Heisman winner chat. Good times. Get him in the ball pit. We're getting him in the ball pit. Solak, Clark, Caleb Williams, here it is. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, View its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, joined now by Caleb Williams, reigning Heisman Trophy winner, 52 total touchdowns for USC last year. Um, one of the best young quarterbacks on the planet, college or pro. He signed an NIL deal with United Airlines. They're going to do nonstop flight routes to games, including USC at Notre Dame this year. Caleb, what is going on, man? Nothing much, nothing much. All good. Um, so let's start here. Uh, you had one of the best seasons in recent memory for any quarterback last year. Um, going into a season like this, you worked on what? Like, obviously, to improve on a Heisman season is a tough task. But is there one part of your game where you said, okay, I'm trying to improve this and, and hone this? No, I'd say uh, I'd say there's, there's a lot to improve. Um, something I've been saying recently is everything. I've been trying to get better at everything because if I want to, you know, be a better version of myself, I have to I have to be able to improve at everything and, uh, you know, just make, make make small little leaps um consistently and um you know that you know hopefully at the end of the season it it, it proves um the work that i put in it proves you know that it was well worth it and then i was doing something right and uh yeah no i don't i don't necessarily have one thing um that that uh that i've been just trying to get better at is there uh obviously you have a great relationship with lincoln riley uh one of the best quarterback gurus in i mean college football history at this point um when you just yeah. look at his track record when you think about Lincoln Riley and how he makes life easier for quarterbacks, because we all see it, we all see it on the outside and we see the numbers and we see the plays, but is there a concept? Is there a play where if you were explaining, I always use this analogy, if you're explaining to an alien or somebody who doesn't really watch football, like this is why, um, this is why Lincoln Riley makes my life easy. What's the concept? What's the play? Um, I don't know. If there's a concept or a play. I just say that, you know, he, he builds such a trust and a bond within you know his players and especially his qbs um he's a relational coach um and so he, he builds that bond and trust which which ultimately just adds more confidence in your play and, and belief in yourself 
um, than you already than you already had. And then I think also he he recruits well. He goes and gets you know players that have whether it's uh, you know a chip from college, but a chip from little leagues or a a chip from high school or all of the above, a chip on his shoulder that, you know, carries over and, 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 you know, they, they get, you know, he goes and gets some tough QBs that, that want to go out there and win big games. Um, I think he has a certain makeup of a QB that he likes that he goes and, you know, attacks and, and tries to get. Normally he's pretty successful at getting them. Um, and then um, other than that, X and, o, X and O's, he's just a mastermind of a coach. Um, you know, he, he puts his, his, his players and his QBs in the best, best position. Um, and he does a good job just adapting to adapting to, um, you know, his, his roster every year, every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, he's just, a, like you said, you know, one of the, one of the best coaches in the world, not the best. I like that a lot where you say he adapts kind of what he does to the QBs that he's got and the, the weapons that he's got. You've been with him for a few years now, right? We're kind of used to seeing. Lincoln's offense, like with Baker for a year and with Kyler for a year, you've been with him for a while. How have you seen the offense change? How have you been able to, to give input when you went to USC and you, you brought in Jordan Addison? What have you seen change in the offense? How have you been able to influence it? How has it evolved over the last few years? Yeah. Um, as always, as, as, as myself and um, Link, one Link, he's always willing to listen and learn, uh, no matter who it is how much experience you have or whatever the case may be. He's always willing, willing to listen and learn. Um, so that's one portion of it. And then the other portion is just, um, you know, he's helped me with this myself is, is, you know, he's been, he's had to do this for many, many years now, but my, myself, I've, um, I haven't necessarily had to do it as much, but this, this year's roster is, is completely different from last year. Um, and having to adapt to different type of personalities, different types of, of playing styles, where I can put the ball, where I can't put the ball um, for certain players and things like that. It's just, you know, having the having the ability to adapt and adapt fast. And, um, you know, we've we've you know, we've had sit down talks because, uh, you know, when he's not around, I'm, I'm one of the leaders on the team. And so, uh, you know, me trying to, you know, keep the you know, keep the, the, the machine oiled, uh, you know, when the head man's not around is. It's something I've been trying to do, and um, you know he's been helping me with that because he's had to do it for for many many years himself. Mm-hmm. Is there a, is there somebody that you think of who was like a, a leader in other teams when you were younger that you're trying to emulate now that you're in that role and you're trying to be the leader when the head guy's not around? Um, I say, I'd say my freshman year, I had some pretty good leaders that you know I wanted to earn respect and make sure that they that they knew who I was and type of type of guy I was and caliber of a player I was. Um, I say it was, it was probably Jeremiah Hall. Yep. He was, he was always one of those guys that was on point. He was um, that little H back, right? Yeah. He was the H back. Yeah, he was, um, he was, he was, he was always one of those guys that, you know, I was, you know, wanted to try and, you know, earn respect and trust and things like that. Um, you know, and then a bunch of just the, the good players that was on the field at that time. Um, that were older, you know, whether it was draft eligible or they were leaving the next year because of because of age, um, just trying to earn their respect at that point. But um, yeah, I say Jeremiah Hall just off the top of my head. Caleb, obviously, the last couple of weeks, I think Bruce Feldman wrote uh, that he you're being compared to Mahomes uh, in in some of these early scouting reports. Uh, A, have you seen that, and what do you think about that kind of 
hype and those expectations? And B, um, what do you think you need to do before you get to the NFL from a developmental standpoint? Are you working on anything or are you just taking the college season as it comes? No, I um, first the the Patch Mahomes thing. Um, I, I, I I've I've seen it. I don't I don't think anything of it. Um, I'm my own self. Um, I'm Caleb Caleb Williams, 13 for the USC Trojans. Um, so no, I don't I don't think too much of it. Um, other than I mean, it's respect. Um, this guy has been the best guy in the league since he's basically got in the league and uh at, at the highest level he's been playing and um you know so i just i just say respect you know the man's got two two super bowls under his belt and i've got not even one national championship so um you know respect whatever the case may be um i just classify it as respect um because i've been working my tail off to try and be the best so um like i said just classify it as respect and then the second part something that i'm that i'm working on and um you know gearing up because I can only be in college for so long, but gearing up for for the next level at some point, um, you know, I I'd say just you know working on my routine, uh, making sure that I you know I got this this routine down packed, because um, that's something huge. Whether you're in college, high school, or or or, or pro level, um, or you just you know you work you work outside of athletics or whatever the case may be, having a routine is is always good, and then. Um, actually football related and, and, and things like that. I'd say just working on my mental game, um, expanding my knowledge. Um, even if it doesn't apply to this season or next season, maybe it does for, for the year after. Um, and so, um, just, just, just trying to get the most knowledge that I can be open to it, be humble, um, be ready to learn when in any situation, uh, good or bad and, you know, keep it moving. Is there anything, and this is the last question before we get to what you're doing with United. Um, obviously, this is an NIL deal. You've taken advantage of NIL, the portal, all of that stuff. Everyone's talking about modern college football, where it's going, legislation, all that stuff. Would you change anything if you were put in charge of college sports tomorrow? Because, Or, or, or do you like uh, the way things are right now, Caleb? Um, I like the way things are. Um, <laughs> you, get a, you get a certain sense of the next part of life, and that's what college is for. College is that's the main reason for college because if if that wasn't the reason for college, then why why would we have something like this? Um in in the world um is is to prepare you for the next level, which is the next part of life, uh, which is what everybody calls the real world. And right now in college you have a bunch of different resources, a bunch of different people that that are that are there and willing to help you. Um, and so, you know, I think it's, I think it's a good thing. Um, everybody gets, everybody gets a feeling and a, and a taste for, um, you know, what, what that next level and next, next step may be like, um, and, and find the routine within the whole, the whole grand scheme of things, instead of adding something like that to your life. And, um, you know, it makes a, makes a big difference. Um, and so, um, it's been, it's been awesome for me. I've been able to take care of myself, do things for myself, um, and not have to ask anyone or or anything like that for help um you know which has always been a dream of mine and you know having deals like like the united deal um you know i get to do some some pretty cool things like this um you know i was just i was just on the tarmac under a plane um (laughs) with a with a with a yellow vest on um you know taking 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 some pictures and shooting some videos um and, and things like that which is i mean one, I don't know how many people get to walk on the tarmac under a plane uh, with their full with their full jersey on, um, 
but then also, you know, being able to, being able to have cool, cool moments like that, but also, um, you know, partnerships and deals that, that you can build on, um, after this next level, like, you know, maybe building on my United deal, uh, when, uh, when I get to the next level and things like that. Um, but just, just being able to, being able to take care of myself, do, do some cool things, um, you know, like the United deal and, it's. I think it's a great step for for college, and I think it's needed. Uh, anything else we need to know about your partnership with United? They just have now. I'm um, around 100 and 127 new nonstop flights, um, and it's specifically and especially um, designed for you know the college football stops and the college football game days and things like that. Um, so that all of all of you fans um, that love USC and um, you know, the, the playoffs and championships and, um, all the big games, um, you know, you can, you can, you know, it makes it easier for, for you to be able to reach the games. Um, you know, like this, um, like, like our Notre Dame game here coming mm-hmm. up, um, here pretty soon, in a couple months, um, you know, it's a nonstop flight there. Um, so, you know, all the fans can come and watch us. Uh, you know, we need a little bit more red in the stadium this year, um, <laughs> whether it's whether it's at the Coliseum or at any anybody else's uh, anybody else's stadium, because um, because college football game days are a lot better and a lot more fun at away games when you got your when you got a little bit more color um, of your color um, at the at the stadium cheering for you. So, um, you know, making it loud and rowdy. So um, you know, me and, and, and my team, we fly United and. You know, they, they do a good job for us. Caleb Williams, thank you. He's with United Airlines. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Oh, thank you. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right. um, Now, Solak joins me. Kayla Williams is not sitting in for this part. Although you never know. We could get a little Zoom notification that he wanted to come back. Maybe and- he'll hop back in and be like, actually, these were the plays that I installed for Lincoln Riley, because I would love that. We were so close to getting him to be like, pretty much all the touchdown plays were me and all the failed yeah. redacted versions were him. You could tell. You could tell he was just about to open up on so close on exactly how he has taught Lincoln Riley about football. Um, all right. So that was great. Appreciate the time from Caleb Williams. We had Bryce Young on this time last year, and it was interesting. A very similar viewpoints on things um and i think it's that a they're keeping obviously all their focus in the college season but b being realistic about the fact that they are nfl quarterbacks i think there was an era maybe pre-nil where it's like okay hey i'm hey i'm just worried about week one i'm just worried about week one it's like no no no, we're worried about everything here because there's a process here and so i'm really impressed with caleb um let's break down the, the prospects real quick because 
it's funny to me. Somebody was asking me this the other day, and I was thinking about Williams going one and Drake May going two or some combination of that. And I was like, you know, it never ends up being what we think it is. And then you think back this time last year, people said Bryce Young won CJ Stroud number two. And then we had all sorts of noise and all sorts of um, uh, kind of adventures within that. And then ended up being exactly what we thought. Um, ben Solak, is it going to be Caleb Williams one, Drake May number two in April? Yeah. Uh, there's a greater than 5% chance that it's May one, Caleb two. I, I think that shouldn't be eliminated. Like, there's obviously mm-hmm. always the injury factor of things, but May is an extremely uh, impressive talent in his own right. Uh, they're a little bit on opposite sides of the of the quarterbacking pole, right? The quarterbacking spectrum where Caleb is such a ludicrous playmaker. And then May is a little bit more like operates from the pocket, does the structure stuff one to two to three. Some of that is is how their offenses are built. But in general, like I would say that they fall on, on opposite sides of that coin. And we know the NFL is moving towards Caleb's side of the coin. Then throw in the fact that he's probably just more physically gifted than, than May. And I think if like both of them are healthy and both of them play a full season, 80, 85% chance we're thinking it's, it's, it's Caleb Williams at one. But if you're drafting Drake May at two, you're getting good value on your dollar. Like that's a really, really, really talented passer. Let's do some comps here. Um, I heard a very funny comp. I, I don't even know how accurate it is the other day, which is Drake May is Daniel Jones, if good. But let's just put that, let's just put that aside here for a second. Right. Um, but I, I guess, you know, there's a lot, bunch of people who listen to the show that don't watch college football. Drake May is who and Caleb Williams is who? Yeah, so May, like people want May to be Herbert and people want May to be Trevor Lawrence because he's a tall, skinny man who's like a little bit faster <laughs> than expected sometimes. Uh, I think both of those are a little bit overstated. Uh, Trevor was un- unbelievably gifted in terms of accuracy. And, mm-hmm. and Herbert, who was a little bit more of a project coming out, was unbelievably gifted in terms of arm strength. And in both those areas, I think May is really good. But I don't think he's like a, a, a you know top three guy when he walks into the league, top five guy when he walks into the league, kind of like with Lawrence and Herbert. But you're looking at a player that's, that's in that mold, right? That's in, in that family of, of, of playing. Like if, if you get from Drake May, Matt Ryan's peak every single year, I think you're in a pretty good spot. If you get from May, like healthy Matt Stafford every single year, I think you're in a really good spot. And I think you can get that from May. I'm you not sure that. he's, yeah, yeah. Stafford hmm. is, an, again, another tricky one because I don't think May has exactly that arm in terms of velocity, right. but May can drop the ball in a bucket really far down the field. So it's a little bit of like an interesting arm in that way. Um, Caleb, right, we brought it up with him. People mention Patrick Mahomes because they can't not mention Patrick Mahomes. And it's totally understandable. Like when Caleb, there, there's a play against Utah. It's, it's, it's the first play of the first game he played against Utah this year where it's like a three-man rush and they take away his front side and he goes to the backside. He's trying to get the guy open and there's nothing there. And he breaks out of the back of the pocket. He's running to his left and he flips his hips, his right hand that he flips his hips and just drops the ball, uh, a teardrop on the outside shoulder of a scramble drill receiver. And when he does it, you go, Oh, that's 15. Like that's just, that's just, it's just who it looks like. So it's completely and totally understandable. It's not a fair comparison because Patrick Holmes might be the goat, right? So that's like whom he plays. He's probably more chaotic than he should be, which Mahomes was coming out of Texas tech and is going to need to rein it in at the NFL level and play more responsibly, which Mahomes did wonderfully sitting on the bench for a year, getting coached by Andy Reid and learning from Alex Smith. You're not guaranteed that Caleb Williams gets that situation. And if he doesn't get that, that environment, he may end up 
you know, a little bit more Kyler Murraying himself where he doesn't necessarily grow at the NFL level the way we'd like him to. Uh, this is another dumb comp. Like Drake May is as if Daniel Jones was good. Caleb Williams reminds me so much of like the myths that were being told about Zach Wilson a few years ago. Remember when Zach Wilson coming out of BYU? Oh, so, like, wait, wait. So, so, so Drake May is, is Daniel Jones, but good. Yes. And, and Caleb is Zach Wilson, but real. Yeah, it's 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 if you if you just read the scouting reports on Zach Wilson and never watched a game of his either at BYU <laughs> or at New York, that's Caleb Williams. You just change the names and you're fine. Because like people were, were like, this Zach Wilson cat's a, a blend of Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Then you watch him at BYU. Can make all the throws. That was right, the big you thing. Watch him at BYU and be throws. like, this guy's just hanging behind an NFL pocket for seven seconds and just dunking on future insurance salesmen. Like this is just not jive. I, I, I remember around the Zach Wilson hype, there was a scout who was saying it was publicly, but he was like, I don't remember where it was, but he was like, you know, everyone says, Oh, this guy can make all the throws. Zach Wilson really can. And then it turned out that Zach Wilson couldn't throw a straight 10 yard pass. Yeah. It turns out he can't, he can make all the throws like in, in theory, Caleb Williams is that in practice. Like Caleb legitimately, when you watch him his games, you're like, oh, he can access every area of the field from every good time. And then also like the scramble ability. Like yeah. everyone's like, oh, and Zach Wilson can scramble. He can run. And then he'd run and be like, okay, he's like quick, but this is not like, he's not the next Vic. Caleb's got wheels, man. Like when Caleb gets upfield and goes, he goes. Uh, and so you're somewhere on the Kyler Murray to Patrick Mahomes spectrum of quarterbacks when you talk about Caleb. And that's also important to note because Caleb's not super tall also. Like, Caleb is, is going to come in around like the six one area, which is fine for teams at this point, but he does have a little bit of short quarterback syndrome in terms of like the scrambling and the dropping back really deep and stuff like that. Okay. So first of all, I want to say that I don't think Daniel Jones is bad. I just think that when we make this comp, we're talking about like a, everybody keeps saying that it's like, there's a possibility of two generational quarterbacks in this class. Right. And mm-hmm. I don't think that, that's Daniel Jones. I have been playing with the Giants in Madden. Um, that's yeah. just me living in Westchester. And I now, knowing, having seen, I knew Evan Neal was bad. I knew there were holes in that offense. But running for my life, fighting for my life in Madden as Daniel Jones, I do have a new appreciation for a season last year. I'll it's just always, say that. always important to get that July Madden game in so you can have a better perspective on a quarterback. Just, I'm August. just repping it. I'm just repping it. Um, all right. Uh, second tier of quarterbacks. Is there a guy we were talking offline about this and I was bringing up, you know, maybe Bo Nix takes a leap. Maybe Michael Penix takes a leap. Um, maybe there's a guy we're not, even, you know, I, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if Sam Hartman is lights out at Notre Dame, then we start talking first round for a guy like that. I don't know. That's the thing about leaps is once they're made, you're like, oh, okay. But that's, uh, is there other guys in your radar? We say, okay, the third quarterback and listen, by the way, that could mean the third quarterback goes 20th. That could mean the third quarterback goes fifth. I don't know. Help me. Yeah, it's a ridiculous glut of quarterbacks for QB3 right now, which is very exciting, right? There are like 30, they're legitimately like eight guys who are pre-leap, you know? Yeah, and, and, so like and eight like, guys. Right, like you did not mention like J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan, who no. I know like Dane Brugler of the Athletic is a big fan of. There's Joe Milton out of Tennessee, who like everybody with a microphone just gets in front of Joe Milton is like, hey, how far can you throw it? And every time Joe Milton answers, he just like adds a yard. So yeah, like 85. <laughs> and then like two weeks later, he's like, yeah, 87. And then like three weeks later, he's like 90 probably. He's just, just jacking up the number. Um, but Milton's incredible. Uh, K.J. Jefferson is a name that I want to bring up out of Arkansas. Uh, K.J. is 6'3", 245 with an absolute rocket. 
So I'm interested, right? Uh, this is a, a body type and arm talent blend that got people interested in Anthony Richardson to start last season. Mm-hmm. And then Richardson really nicely came along in terms of how he threw the football. Like obviously results were up and down, but you saw him like processing from the pocket, managing the pocket, like trying to do the big boy NFL stuff. That's the challenge that's facing KJ. Um, and I'm, and I'm excited to see for him that Arkansas offense has just got a lot of talent on it. And then the other guy that I would mention who holds a space near and dear in my heart is Quinn Ewers out of Texas. And this is, this is, this is irresponsible, right? Because Quinn is, is, is young. He hasn't had a ton of starting experience. He's been banged up. He's definitely not ready. But when Quinn Ewers lets that thing sing, I mean, man, kid was bored to throw a football. I, I got to watch Quinn Ewers throw live and I saw the eyes of God, dude. Like, I mean, it's just, it's a gifted, gifted arm on Ewers. I, if I could choose any one of these pre-leap guys to successfully make the leap, I would choose Ewers without question because the arm talent just drips off of him. He's so fun to watch. Totally agree. I would say with Ewers, he's either underrated or overrated. I haven't seen many people properly rate him. And it sounds like you are, which is there's a lot of potential there. I was stunned when Arch Manning committed to UT last year and everybody said, well, Ewers will go pro. He'll be, you know, a hot prospect and then Arch Manning will step in. It might take a little longer than that. It might get a little more complicated than that. Ewers was one of the highest rated prospects ever out of high school, but like there's there's a lot of coaches who've been fired with I'm the highest not, rated some yeah. of the highest rated prospects in, in history. I'm not positive Arch is the second best quarterback on that roster. You ever seen Malik Murphy I, play a little ball? <laughs> I am in agreement with that. I think that the the arguments of how linear Arch Manning's career was going to be uh are kind of overblown. Um and yes. Um, anyway, I actually don't want to do Arch Manning discourse right now. I, I, I Which do is shocking wanna, because I, I would put say you're in, in my text messages doing Arch Manning discourse at a bunch it's of times. I don't want to be doing Arch Manning discourse and I don't get that decision. I don't it's get that freedom. I, don't, I think I think somebody said this last year in one of the recruiting stories that basically he's like a probably a high four star. Arch Manning is probably a high four star if there's two things. Number one, he had an incredible uh, start to his high school career incredible and cooper Batagna was on this class it was on this pod a couple weeks ago he was the a personnel guy for a bunch of huge teams and he, he was saying that um when when arch was in eighth grade he was like pulling coaches in the office to look at arch manning like that was there was that kind of tape i think because of the level of competition it's been harder to track his development um and so i don't that that's just my one thing on on arch i don't think Arch Manning stinks. I don't think he's, you know, it's, it's all name stuff. I think that um, just as a prospect, I think that most people consider him probably a high four star and not the number one quarterback in the country. Yeah. All, all I know, cause I don't follow the high school stuff super closely. All I know is Murphy and Ewers can both play. And so with, with Manning, it's like, all right, let's see what he looks like when he gets, when he gets to the college level. And then if he looks great, Texas has the best and worst problem in the world, which is that they have three quarterbacks that might be good. You got to pick the right one and make sure he actually gets good. Otherwise, you just be playing musical chairs for a while. Um, the other thing to highlight when it comes to these guys is that, like Drake May and like Caleb Williams, Quinn Ewers is currently 20. JJ McCarthy at Michigan, also currently 20. That other tier of guys that we talk about uh, Michael Penix, Joe Milton, Bonix out of Oregon, even Spencer Rattler at, Jordan at South Carolina. Yeah, these guys are old mm-hmm. fellas uh they're all 23 at this time they'd all be 24 by the time they were drafted not the worst thing in the world but you're talking there, there's two different families here and when you start thinking about a team like the arizona cardinals arizona with like a depleted roster 
would so much rather be paying their second contract to their first overall pick at quarterback when he's 26 as opposed to when he's 30. That absolutely matters for the team. Uh, so as always, we're coming out of these COVID years still in terms of like eligibility. Got to know the ages on your guys when you're talking quarterbacks. Jordan Travis will not turn 24 until the, like the day after the draft. So he's good. It's spry clean. May 2nd, 2000 is his birthday. Relax. Um, no, there's just a bunch of guys where it's like, I, I honestly, the way things are trending, I don't think Tyler Van Dyke is, is a first round pick, but I also don't think, I mean, like if Jordan Travis is a statement year, teams can talk themselves into it. He's going to have a lot of weapons all over the field. Um, I do have a couple of questions about Florida state's depth and, and we can do the blue chip ratio stuff and all that stuff. But I think Jordan Travis is a possibility of have a really good year and get in the conversation to be an NFL pick. Um, but all right, let's, let's all, I, I, I don't remember a year. Maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe I just have recency bias, but I don't remember a year where there have been so many guys who I think have the capability to play 10 good games and talk themselves into the middle of the first round. I think it's right. a very, very deep And I situation. don't think we'll end up with five first round quarterbacks, but it sure feels like we could end up with eight. Like five's kind of been the holy number. And I think we'll end up with more like three or four. But at this, at, in August, it's fun to talk yourself into there being like seven of them. Okay. I just made up a theory and I'm just going to throw it out there and just act like I've had it for five years. This is the final result of the transfer portal quarterback, which is that, first of all, you have guys who are playing, playing a ton of snaps in a lot of places. They're not sitting on the bench until they're juniors or seniors, and then they're able to maximize and go to the place they need to go to look the best. I mean, that's the most important part of it. They're going to places. I mean, look at Hendon Hooker is a great example. If Josh Heupel and that offense and, and, the, and the, the, the the weird offense and the talent they had around um, and the resurrection of the te- the Tennessee uh program like that's you can't tell that story without telling Hendon Oker's story and vice versa right he started at Virginia Tech he wouldn't have had the same support I went to a Virginia Tech game last year didn't see a lot of opportunity for a Hendon Hooker type to thrive there okay um it was a bad 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 game it's a noon game I was where was I bottom of the hill top of the hill it's the bar I went to I don't know I don't know that's where I was okay I enjoyed that much more than I watched enjoyed watching Virginia Tech on the football field okay um and so I think the fact that there's so many guys who feel like B plus B minus type of NFL prospects is because these guys are able to maximize their, their average to above average quarterbacks, a bunch of them. And they're able to maximize where they're going, why they're going there for one year at a time, two years yep. at a time. Uh, Hartman in Notre Dame, uh, 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 Mertz in Florida, right? Like just new, new opportunity to see if it works. That's Phoenix in Washington. That's Rattler in South Carolina. Uh, there's another one. Oh, uh, Jaden Daniels in LSU. There was Jaden Daniels hype last year when he was playing at LSU. Do you remember Jaden Daniels at ASU? It was flat out unwatchable. The 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 clean slate. While I also have a couple years of experience, so I kind of know some of the the, the trapdoors and pitfalls to avoid. That's such a real thing in terms of quarterback development. Nobody, I think, typifies that more than Bo Nix. Bo Nix's film at Oregon last year is stunning. Not because it's that great; it's like solid, but because I remember what it looked like at or- at Auburn. And to see that transition is, is, is stark, but you're seeing it all over the place in college football. These guys really do have a huge opportunity to take big steps forward when they, when they find a new landing spot. Richie, who is from Virginia, says it's top of the stairs I was at. I was confusing that with uh, top of the hill, which is in Chapel Hill, which is a, uh, the road game I went to the year before. Thank you. Richie. Every, every mid-Atlantic college town has something that's either at the top or the bottom, and that's their like go-to bar. Yep. I, that's so the best way to do it. That way everybody knows where it is. 
I think you start. I think the. I think for me, you start at the top of the stairs and then you end at the bottom of the stairs. Um, knowing just sort of, you know, depending on whether it's a noon game or a three thirty game. Um, all right, let's go through the young quarterbacks uh, who have expectations this year. So, Anthony Richardson, listening to a podcast recently with one of their beat writers in, in Indianapolis, basically was saying they're throwing a lot at him because they're trying to get him the job. They want him up to speed pretty early. I like that offense, all that stuff. Um. Is there a quarterback where at the end of this season, we're going to be saying, oh, man, that was the pick for Blank. Like, are we going to be crowning somebody at the end of this season and rethinking the draft? I don't think so. But if we are, it will be Richardson just because of the height, weight, speed, quarterback mobility aspect of the conversation. Like they're throwing a lot at him, trying to get him on board and in the offense. But the the quiet reality of that is that it's actually pretty easy to build an offense around Anthony Richardson from like when you keep it simple and you're just like, Hey, like we're going to play 11 on 11. We're going to use read option RPOs. And like, we'll be able to move the ball down the field. You want the offense to be more than that. You want it to, to, to evolve and become grown up and have a lot more depth. But if they get to week one and they're like, all right, we can only use 65% of our playbook. It's still a pretty dynamic 65% relative to the 65%. The Texans might have a CJ Stroud, right? It just gives you such a, a nice onboard. Ask the Bears, man. I mean, the Bears haven't had a functional passing offense in two years, and Justin Fields just got nominated for the NFL Top 100. Like, you can, you can survive for a long time, not indefinitely, but a long time with a quarterback run game kind of keeping your offense afloat. So if someone forces us to rethink it, it's going to be Richardson. This class is such an interesting one because it really, like, we're not, we're not good at this in terms of NFL coverage, but it really is sort of one where you do want to let it stew for a couple of years before you start to have some opinions. Just because the thing for Bryce Young is going to be longevity. How, how well does he take the hits at the NFL level? Can he stay healthy? Or is he going to deal with injuries early? The thing for Richardson is, is development, right? He started to show it last season, but he's still going to need time. And then you can argue that Stroud is like pretty NFL ready. I really like Stroud coming out. I would say that he is. But he's throwing to Robert Woods and Nico Collins and handing it off to Devin Singletary. Like the Texans are not NFL ready, right? And so this is one where like if we're making big leaping conclusions about the quarterbacks after year one, I'll probably end up somewhere on the middle line saying, let me see it again after year two. Because all of these guys, especially the thoroughly drafted ones, do have a, a good legitimate reason to say, hey, let's give them a year or two under their belt. And then let's start to see what they really look like. I'm starting to talk myself into the Panthers being good. I, I feel like I like there was a big talking myself from the Panthers being good swell, like after they got the first overall pick and after they took Bryce Young, and then it quieted and it'll probably pick back up again. Panthers roster is, is, is solid. And if Bryce is fine, which I think like I have my issues with Young's play, but I think he can hit the NFL ground running more effectively than, than Stroud and more effectively than, than uh, uh, Richardson. If he just, the gamerism translates and that's such a hard thing to predict, but if it does, like I'm, I'm there, I believe in it. My interest in the Panthers is long-term. Like I, 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 I was spurious about drafting Bryce Young one overall because of the hits and because of the accumulation of injuries. And that's just not something you'll know if he's lighting the league up in week five. I think the roster is okay. No one's good in that division. And Frank Reich is the best coach in the division. I mean, the Falcons are good in that division. So jot that down. And, I mean, the saints also have the easiest schedule in football, but I just don't. Yeah. I, I you it. can't get me to believe in the saints. The saints just signed Jimmy Graham no. to a one year deal. Deeply unserious franchise. I honestly, I, I mean, I had this tweet and I had the same feeling. I thought it was when he signed the deal. I thought it was like a retirement thing. Yeah. I, I, I asked this, Kevin, if I texted you 24 hours ago and I said, yo, what's Jimmy Graham up to right now? What would you have said? I, he's flying his airplane. 
Right, exactly. Which I didn't know he was flying airplanes, and a lot of people oh, he's told a me big this. airplane guy. But I would have been like, he's hooping in Miami. You know what I'm saying? Like he's 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 coaching his son's U12 soccer team. I did not know this man was still doing NFL stuff. You know, you like Wikipedia player, and it's like this player is currently a free agent in the NFL. You're like, no, he's not. He has he was on a practice squad in 21. He's not a free agent. He's out of the league. That's where I thought I thought Jimmy Graham existed in that gray space, and it turns out he doesn't. I went to college with Jimmy Graham and I have some friends who were, I want to get this right. I think they were at a Miami baseball exhibition game and they walked over and the baseball field is right next to the practice field. And somebody was like, dude, Jimmy Graham is working. He played basketball for Miami for three years. Yep. He's huge. And he has, he had red hair, big red hair. And, uh, and people were like, Hey dude, Jimmy Graham is, is like running routes with like, to Corey Harris and everybody was like that's not you got the wrong guy it's fine and then it turned out he had an incredibly lucrative and successful <laughs> NFL career yeah so shout out to Jimmy he dropped ref- a pass against Virginia Tech he was probably there were probably some bad sad Miami fans at the top of the stairs that day uh, yeah. that we all still talk about so that was that's to, if a huge moment talking, in top of the stairs lore the Jimmy Graham dropped just, pass. after after Miami lost 31 to 7 a bunch of Miami fans going just having a having a blue moon um all right anything you want to get to about young quarterbacks we haven't talked about yet uh, I was I was thinking about this the other day. I was writing this training camp preview. It's kind of cool that like the 2022 class, we were all like, this sucks. And now three of them are going to start this year, right? Like Pickett's starting, but Sam Howell's going to win that job in Washington, winning quotation marks. And Desmond Ritter's going to win that job in Atlanta, winning quotation marks. And I don't know how long the last two are going to hold on to those jobs, but there's a decent shot. One of the two of them, I particularly like Ritter, has it for at least a year. So we have, we have a, a shot here for that 2022 class, which we all kind of just like pinch our nose and and pretend it doesn't exist. We go like 2020, Herbert Burrow, Tua, 21, uh, it's incredible, uh, Lawrence and 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 the other guys, Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and Justin Fields. And then 2022 happened. And now 2023, like you know, we 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 tend to try to skip it, but 2022 might have a little little redemption there in the middle rounds. How about it? We're back, baby. We're back. When do you start your camp tour? Uh, I got my folks in town this week, and so whenever we get them out the door, going to pittsburgh friday i know because i i was told today that i'm not going to pittsburgh <sighs> tough one bud i love latrobe too i You're love that buffalo, area of the country though. i'm not going to buffalo you're going to yeah buffalo. i got buffalo so all right i'll uh i'll get some wings on you all right see you buddy bye Kev. thank you to richie bozik for production help has been slow news day we will see you next week when Solax in buffalo and i'm in latrobe mm-hmm.